Today's episode contains explicit language and conversations around sex, human anatomy, menstruation, and personal experiences. We advise that you don't listen to this in the company of little ones or anyone who may be uncomfortable with these topics. Hey, sugars, come on in and take a seat. You're listening to The Honey Potluck, a podcast about sex, health, and thriving. I'm your host, B. Dixon, co-founder and CEO of The Honey Pot Company. And I'm your other host, Javon Alfieri, The Honey Pot's director of digital. Ooh, now let's dig in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Honey Potluck. Hi, B. Hi, Gigi. We are back together recording, which is a treat. Oh, yes. We want this to be our new normal. We're yes. really eager for that to, to be the way that we approach these podcasts moving forward. I think energetically, it's it's nice to Much have better. you. And I'm so excited to talk about what this episode contains and the amazing conversation we went through. I think it was so fascinating because I had always recognized that there's a corollary between female bodies, menstruation, and magic, right? Like if you look at witch trials or even, you know, Greek philosophy or or candidly indigenous cultures and the way that they have always had this deep linkage between the feminine and, you know, spiritual practices, magic, however you want to phrase it. And it's also interesting that those two things then have been wildly limited, restrained, people have died for them and been at the behest of these like historical implications that have made much of that oral tradition, lived tradition just dissipate. And so today we're going to be talking about menstruation, its cyclical nature and how that is intertwined or potentially rather intertwined with astrology, the stars, the moon and all of that fascinating stuff. So I think this topic is important because I don't feel like it exists like off in like, normal life. No. Right. Like are a lot of people talking about this? I don't know. I don't think they're talking about it with these contexts because these are very, very specific. Yeah. You know? So I agree. I think yeah. it'll be I think it's gonna be interesting in terms of being able to understand that both have so many so many historical restraints, but then also if you push us all the way forward to present day, like our both are so taboo. Both are things that people like to pick apart, be on one side of the fence about whether it's how you menstruate, what you should be using for your menstruation, whether there are policies in your workplace that, yeah. you know, respect when you're in these different phases. And then, you know, conversely on the side of, of astrology of like, what is this junk? Why do you feel this urgency to be like, oh, I'm a Leo and I'm this, that, and the other? And my or, moon and my yeah. star. And my, or even yeah. paying an arm and a leg to seek out an astrologer right. and to have those exchanges with an astrologer. So I know that astrology isn't really your thing and it's not your language. It's but not that it's not my thing. I, you know, I, I just, I don't study it, you right. know? Like, I respect it. But, like, if somebody's like, oh... That's very Gemini behavior. I don't know what the f*** that means. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? So totally. I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> well, and I think that that's why our guest is yeah. such a critical vessel for for that. Because, 
you know, their experience is more so in the vein of casting a light on not, oh, my God, it's so Gemini. It's so Gemini and all of these houses and all of these other elements that play such a critical role in understanding that language. And the thing is, is that I think that as humans, when there is this, like, massive topic and you want to try and funnel it down to very, like, understandable, bite-sized, digestible things. So you either do that and you're like, oh, they're such a Gemini, or you're like, ugh, that thing is not real because it's just too simple. Like, what do you mm-hmm. mean, oh, just because I'm a Gemini, I have XYZ personality exactly. traits? Like, Which is ridiculous. Correct. So it seems like easier to overlook or just push aside and think that it's utter, like, total trash. But a good astrologer and someone who is well-researched and understands the sort of complexities of it has the ability to not only give you this wide picture of who you are, but also inject anecdotes that help you make rationalizations of that information you're receiving. Which I respect. Right. Because that's a full picture. It's not like I just met you and you're like, what's your sign? And I'm and I tell you and then you're like, we're oh, meant to well, be. Oh, well, that's why. <laughs> or we're meant to be or whatever. You know what we're I mean? We're so it's compatible. Like, you don't yeah. even know no. me. I agree. Know? I agree. But I think people do like to reduce others first right. and foremost. And if they can put you in a box, they absolutely will. But I'm excited that the human that we have today is just so expansive and so dynamic. And I think that this is just going to be such a meaningful conversation in terms of the relationship between menstruation, its cyclical nature, and astrology. So let us get into today's episode. I'm super excited to introduce our guest today. Jessica Lignato is a psychic medium and astrologist. She started a private practice in San Francisco in 1994 and hosts a podcast focused on astrology and advice called Ghost of a Podcast. And then we have Nam Backmeyer. She's a holistic health specialist focused on period and menstrual cycle coaching. She is also a cycle-syncing chef and a functional hormone specialist. Nam offers a deeper understanding of period cycles and how food affects those cycles. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Honey Potluck. Today, we're going to be talking about menstrual cycles and astrology. And while (laughs) at the top of the dialogue probably doesn't seem like there are a ton of corollaries, we're really excited to get into the depths of how, you know, cycles sync up between the stars and the moon and physically within the human realm. And so I'm very excited to have our amazing guests, Jessica and Nam. And if you could please introduce yourself to our listeners. Jessica, I'll kick it off to you first. Hi, I'm Jessica Lignato. I am an astrologer, a menstruator, who also a complainer about menstruation and an enthusiast in all, all the things. And I feel like I should say more, but it seems like a good place to start. Thank you so much, Jessica. And Nam, if you could please introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Nam. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a queer Thai German menstrual cycle coach, functional hormone specialist, and also I'm a cookbook author. And I support people with periods to live more in tune with their menstrual cycle and connect to their period power within. And that's it. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'm really, really excited about this conversation. I, too, am a menstruator. I, too, like to, to fancy myself a learner of uh, on the kind of astrology 
path, if you will. Um, I think what's been ever evolving about my own astrology journey, actually, and my menstrual journey is that I've just grown to understand that it's always in flux and it's ever evolving. And I would love for each of you to speak to what some of the potentially toxic, incongruent and or taboo beliefs are that are associated with you know menstrual cycles and or astrology. I'm happy to start about some misconceptions on the menstrual cycle. And I think we've all kind of experienced that, maybe have even said that to ourselves at some point in our lives, that our hormones make us crazy or that we're unreliable or unpredictable. And I just want to shed a little bit of awareness on this, like how we speak to ourselves and how we speak to the menstruating people in our lives and are sort of dismissing their symptoms like PMS as just, oh, you're just on your period, you're just PMSing, because that's super toxic and also kind of contributing to internalized patriarchy and other things that we don't want and there is actually so many cyclical patterns in our menstrual cycle and it's usually just us understanding those patterns and also understanding that the irritability or frustration that we feel in our premenstrual and maybe even valid rage that we're feeling towards the world and um, maybe just a sign of us taking more care of ourselves or setting boundaries or whatsoever. So we can actually use that premenstrual power for us. And this is just an example of how we can use that misconception and maybe change it to something that is really benefiting for, for us. I love that. The main misconceptions about astrology... I feel like, do you have an hour? Like, there are so <laughs> many things that I could say that are just huge misconceptions about astrology. And a lot of people find astrology be, to be taboo. I feel like it's less today than it was 10 years ago. But I will start by saying the separation between humans and astrology is so much to do with the separation between humans and nature and humans and our individual access to divinity, to the sacred. And so much of that has to do with organized religion throughout cultures, throughout time, right? But the real thing that I think is important about staying in tune with astrology, like in a very broad sense, is that it is about staying in tune with yourself, and it's about staying in tune with what is happening in the larger world around you, which reinforces the knowledge that we are interconnected to each other, but also to the planet through time and space. And so there's a lot of proliferation of misinformation and disinformation online about astrology, mainly misinformation. And like as an astrologer, it's kind of a frustrating thing. And there is a temptation that we have to simplify really complex things and and on certain levels, that works, and I love it. And when it comes down to astrology and how it actually functions, you know, I'm just going to get ahead of this and say, we cannot only talk about menstruation and the moon, because the moon is related to emotional cycles, not per se hormonal cycles, and not bloodshed. And so, you know, astrology is as complex as is the human condition, which, you know, ebbs and flows is an understatement, if I may say. So, yes, that's my, like— giddy up and go response. <laughs> what I think is really fascinating, though, is that I think that there is also a lack of potentially understanding menstruation in relation to the cycles of the body or symbolism of where you are 
in different phases of your life or the month. And so, Nam, what I would love to for you to be able to expound upon for our listeners is what are those different phases of the cycle? And if you can speak kind of more specifically to that. And, and Jessica, if at any point you can potentially punctuate that with what might be happening astrologically, that would be extremely fascinating, but would love to kick it off to you, Nam, and learn a bit more. So... As we start menstruating, we're having our first period that's called menarche, and then we're menstruating um, if we choose to have children and be pregnant and birth. Obviously, our menstrual cycle stops for that time being, and we menstruate until we hit perimenopause and our cycles become more irregular. Then we have menopause, which means that we haven't had a period, and with that ovulation for a full year, then we have officially reached menopause. And the menstrual cycle itself, though, can be divided into four different phases. And we have, first of all, kicking off with the menstrual phase, which is when we are bleeding. And it starts with cycle day one, the first day of your period. And that is usually around five to seven days long, depending on how long you're bleeding. And then we move into the follicular phase, which is after your period and before ovulation. This is when your body is preparing to release an egg, which happens at ovulation, which is the ovulatory phase, the shortest phase of our cycle. And after ovulation, we have the luteal phase, and the luteal phase is the longest phase of our cycle. And this is also called our premenstrual, and then the cycle starts all over again with our period. Mm. I will share to that. Every time I hear it, I never fully retain it, so I love learning that over and over again. But I will share to that, astrologically, when we look to the planet Mars, we're looking at kind of like our blood and how our blood flows, the strength of our flow, the intensity of how much we bleed or what it feels like to bleed, the contractions or cramping that we have is all signified by Mars. And then when we look at Venus, we're going to get more information about more of the hormonal cycles, like how much flow or how jagged the cycle can be. I speak as a person with a very jagged cycle. And there's other parts of the birth chart, including the moon and the fifth house, sometimes the eighth house, that can articulate to us the kind of experience that we have as we move through our cycle. And I think, you know, it's so great that we're talking about the whole cycle and not just the bleeding, because a lot of times people focus only on the bleeding and also a lot of people who menstruate medicate their menstruation away so that they don't actually experience their cycle in a natural sense, which is not good or bad. But it is really important because there's all these parts to our experience that are articulated through the birth chart that help us to know whether or not like our bodies are right you know, because they're telling us. And so it's something that I'm often kind of exploring with clients is, you know, for people who don't actually have any symptoms because they're, you know, they have a pill or an IUD that stops the cycle, you know, it's interesting because we're often looking at like what your cycle was like before, you know, from one age to another. And, and I find that over the course of time, these things really change and transform based on a large variety of factors, some of them astrological, a lot of them environmental and developmental. So I'm also a medical astrologer, so I have a, and a medical intuitive. So I have a particular passion for understanding the body, um, not as isolated from the spirit or the mind or whatever, but as a part of it. They're all interconnected. And so there are 
lots of things we can see about physiological health throughout the birth chart. And I will say, and this is not cool, but the truth is I have helped countless people identify that they were going through perimenopause. They went to countless doctors. Nobody could figure out why they were having X, Y, or Z symptoms. And then they spend five minutes with me and I'm like, uh, it's perimenopause? And they are stunned. And it's shocking to me how many people don't even know that that exists. So some of that I think is a little bit about education and motivation. I care. I am motivated to learn. And some of it is also about astrology, being able to kind of like be a little bit more adaptable than a lot of our entrenched systems in the Western world, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah, makes a lot of sense. perfect sense. <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I want to tell you all about it. <laughs> right. That is what's happening. Nam, I guess, what is the biggest fear that you've experienced or were able to bear witness to when humans are getting to the phase of menopause? and having to abandon their beautiful menses. I think there's just so much misconception around perimenopause, menopause, what it actually means. And sometimes perimenopause isn't even a term that's being used, but it's usually just menopause and a menopausal. But if you're menopausal, you're not having any symptoms anymore. You're just, you don't have a period anymore for a year. That's when you're officially reaching menopause. So I second what Jessica just said about, like we need more education about it and we need more people feeling connected to that part of themselves because it is part of the journey of being a menstruating person. And it's actually, you're entering a beautiful phase of your life when you are in menopause. You've had your menstruating years and now you're going into, we would probably say the crone archetype, which means that you're, that you're channeling from your inner wisdom. You've seen it all. You've been through different cycles and you've been through many menstrual cycles, probably teaching you a lot. Maybe you went through pregnancy, maybe through birth. Um, so yeah, it's a super fascinating topic. And I feel like there's just not a lot of empowering um, knowledge about it outside there it's always about oh menopause is so shitty like oh mm-hmm. you will have the worst symptoms and yeah have fun with your night sweats but actually these are again symptoms of perimenopause that are um, also not normal necessarily but that we can support in a way with nutrition with lifestyle changes and there's so much we can do and learn about ourselves and can I just add to that that you know it's really cool for me to be having this conversation with all of you. I'm assuming you're all meaningfully younger than me. And I have talked about perimenopause with other people before, but they're always my age and older. I'm 48. I'm actually a liar. I'm I'm going to be 48 in a month, but I've been <laughs> calling myself 48 for a year. So, but I like to age myself. But usually people who are younger, who are under the age of 35, don't know about perimenopause. They don't talk about it. And it's considered an old lady thing. And we know what the world does with old ladies, even young ladies, throw away old ladies. And so I think it's so important for people going through puberty to know about perimenopause, people in their 20s and their 30s to know about perimenopause, and people of all genders to know about perimenopause because it's a long cycle. It's basically a second puberty. And I mean, I like the idea of it being a crone phase, but I have to say, as a person in perimenopause, I feel more, I don't know, it's like more youthful feeling to me than my first puberty felt because I had no control over my life. And now I am the adult in my life. So, I mean, it's not like all fun, but it's there's a lot of 
awesome parts of Perry for me anyways. And again, it's it's terrible when we only scare people off, which I'm not averse to scaring people if things are scary, but I don't know that perimenopause is inherently scary. We just need the right kind of care, the right kind of education, and the right kind of attitude. I think one of the things that I learned was that like 2% of OBGYNs actually elect to learn about menopause. Like it's an elective course. It's not even critical to your work as an OBGYN when you're catering people from across all phases of their life. And I just find that not surprising per se, but like deeply, deeply infuriating. It's surprising. (laughs) I mean, it's also surprising that there isn't much time spent on nutrition, right? Mm. You know, your immune system literally lives in your gut. There, there isn't much attention brought to that. So I'm not really surprised. But then again, it is actually because it's like, how do those two go together? You know? Right. Like, how do you transition without having the knowledge of said transition? It's, it's impossible. Right. You know, all these things are in order. All these things are going to happen at some point in life. There should be support for that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, We hope our discussion about menstruation, its cyclical nature, and astrology was very informative and enlightening. So, B. Yes. (laughs) What do you think the biggest takeaway is today? I actually liked, you know, it blew my mind when you talked about menopause. Yeah. And how it's actually an elective. I mean, I knew that no diss to medical school. Like, respect to all the medical doctors. But it is weird that menopause is an elective in medical school. And it is weird that there's only a couple of hours of classes on nutrition. Those things are really weird to me because these are things that have to happen on a daily basis, especially if you're a human that has a vagina. You very likely are going to go through menopause at some point in your life, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that was like the bombshell. Yeah, I will take that exact point a little further in a few ways. So first, directionally, my brain goes to the fact that I think it's very antiquated and, like you said, weird or frustrating that obstetrics and gynecology are paired together. Because in my mind, while I understand humans with vaginas have the capacity to reproduce, and one of the elements of reproduction consists of giving birth, Like, the everyday existence of having a vagina is incredibly different than those moments of you giving birth. Absolutely. So why why aren't you focused in everyday health around the vagina, the hormonal nuances, the hormonal changes, X, Y, Z, and separating that from obstetrics, where that to me is a specific skill set, that to me is a specific, like— type of person, whereas gynecology should really be about what are you experiencing? What does it feel like to have your vagina? In in all of its life stages, though. Right. In In all all of them. Precisely. Well said. Yeah. And so, yeah, when that information came to me, it was, you know, in the process of a conversation with a friend where she was like, well, you, you realize that menopause is elective. And I was like... No, because it's not elective as a human. (laughs) It is certainly not elective as a human, but also 
you're still a business. I'm sorry. Like, if we're thinking about doctors, I, I hate to be this person, but we have to think of doctors as a business. They are. They are. Your business doesn't stop when you stop menstruating. The business as a doctor. So, like, why wouldn't you hypothetically opt into that simply to continue to have a Rolodex of clients who are seeing you? That, to me, is one part of the argument. The second part of the argument is... We think of humans as throwaways in a lot of different ways. Women are, you know, slowly but sure and kind of able to kind of get beyond that. But I think we see people as throwaways at that age. And moreover, we think, oh, well, what's a hot flash? What's an imbalance when you've been menstruating and bleeding from your vagina for the last 30 years? I think there's a bit of a overlooking like, well, whatever, you've done, you've handled worse or, you know. Yeah. And I think that women internalize that and they say, oh, yeah, you're right. I had a baby for those who have had babies. I've had a baby. I have been menstruating for X period of time. The amount of things that we are up against, and so I do think that they they try to minimize the experience as Which well. Which is some bullshit, because it shouldn't be minimized. Agreed. But with the it's life thing, I feel very similarly about astrology, because yeah. there's no way you can, again, look outwardly and say, okay, there's a moon, there are planets, we exist in this, this very specific version of a universe. We are made of <laughs> All the, the elements. in the universe, yeah. You know, we're made of stars, yeah, right? Stardust, are. like yeah. it's actual science, you know? How could you not be connected to these things? I respect that. Right, totally. Yeah. We're just here trying to make sense of things. Exactly. Well, thank you for coming on this journey with us, or actually rather part one of this journey for us. We're really excited for you to listen to part two, um, wherein we get into more of the practical things that you can do throughout your menstrual cycle, but also um, learning more about medical astrology and getting in touch with these other resources when you're really looking externally in terms of building your toolkit and how to better prepare for your cycle and your vagina in general. So we can't wait to see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Honey Potluck, a podcast by The Honey Pot Company made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, B. Dixon. And I'm your co-host, Javon Alfieri. We're so grateful to have you here. We love you. Mean it. Thoughts and experiences recounted in this episode are hosts' own. Alana Herlins and Lizzie Stewart are our producers. Laura Boyman is our associate producer. Sydney Evans is our dialogue editor and mixer. A major thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. 